Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I've interviewed uh, some of the world's best entrepreneurs over the last, uh, what, eight, eight, nine years now. And I did it because I wanted to learn from them and thought the audience could learn along with me. Here's something that I still have not learned from them and I've been struggling with. How do I hire? How do I hire people to come help me out? So much of what I do is instinctively me doing it and taking it on or me doing it because I don't know how to hire somebody else to do it. And hiring's been a huge issue for me. And in a past interview with uh, Cameron Harold, I, I brought it up. And I intentionally at the time interviewed Cameron Harold because he is the COO guy. He is the founder of the COO Alliance, the world's leading network for the second in command. He is someone that many people told me I should go study and talk to him. And I said, all right, let's bring him on for an interview and talk to him. I did it. And in the interview, he was really generous. He said, Andrew, if you want, I can come back and I can actually walk you through this. I can do a coaching session. We could do it recorded if you want on Mixergy. And I said, yes, that's a great idea. And you know what? Damn it, I didn't follow up. And here's why I didn't follow up. I'm embarrassed. I don't know why I'm so embarrassed by this. I don't get embarrassed by a lot of stuff. If you heard my interviews, you hear me get pretty frank about my my flaws, my mistakes. I don't usually trumpet my successes nearly enough as I do talk openly about my vulnerabilities. And still, this is something I was embarrassed about. But I think if I don't hire somebody to help out, somebody to be the second in command at Mixergy, I am probably going to collapse. And if I don't collapse... Um, I don't think my kids will see me enough. So that's what this interview is about. Uh, it's not so much an interview as like a coaching call with the guy who knows this better than anyone else. He was formerly the COO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. He's trained so many other COOs. Um, and so I've invited him here to talk about, well, to help me, to teach me, to guide me. And along the way, you'll get to hear what I learned and to benefit from it. This whole conversation, I'll call it a conversation on an interview, is sponsored by two great companies. The first will organize your, your financials right so you know how much money you're making or losing and spending and bringing in every month. It's called Bench. And the second is a company that will help you hire your next phenomenal developer. It's called Top Tal. But I'll tell everyone about those later. First, Cameron, good to have you on here. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to this. Uh, yeah, thanks for following up with me. I really just, it was weighing on me that I didn't follow up with you. And at the same time, I said, I can't bring myself to do it. I can't bring myself to ask you for it. I think also partially because it's like free help. There's something that I, that I have this block against being helped. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I, I think that's probably a, a bit of a human nature thing as well as we, especially when you're in an expert space, you're always trying to be the expert. And it's hard to say, I don't know what I'm doing in a certain area. But if you think about the top athletes in the world, in any sport, they all have a coach. You know, every single top athlete has a coach. And the coach isn't even as good as they are in some areas, but they can kind of see things from a different perspective, or they can ask the right questions, or they can make them look in the mirror. So try not to look at it that way. It's 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 also not a reflection on you as a human being. It's just we all need to work on stuff. You know, Ray Kroc from McDonald's said, when you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you're dying. And, and it's good to be growing. So I don't see it as a negative at all. And every top CEO on the planet or COO on the planet that I've worked with is always working on their, on themselves. So in some way I am for sure. All right. So tell well, me, tell me what's going on and maybe, maybe frame this, this, um, the situation that we're talking about in terms of hiring a COO, what you've been struggling with. Give me maybe two or three minutes around it. So I understand the issue sure. a little bit. We can dive in. All right. Don't be afraid to interrupt me because that's what I do with my guests. So if, uh, if you need to redirect me, do it. Okay. A few weeks ago, I got this email from someone who said, Andrew, I could take some of your past interviews and pull out the 
pull out sections of it and use them as Quora answers to to help promote Mixergy. And I know you want to get some of the ideas out of Mixergy interviews where they're kind of buried in the middle of, a, of an hour-long program, help you get it out to the world. And I said, great. I got on a call with him. I tested him. I looked at his stuff. I loved it. And I signed up with him. And then I said, you know what? Just immediately after we got off the phone and I said, yeah, let's go ahead with it. I said, I never f- do this, but I have to say I can't. I can't. I have to, even though we agreed we're going to do it, I have to tell you I can't do it because I won't be able to follow through with you. You're going to take my interview questions and answers, turn them into Quora posts, and I'm going to have to look at them. I won't have the time to look at that. I said, this is a really big letdown. And I thought, this is because everything is on me and I won't be able to do it. I'll either let someone down or I will just not be able to do it. I mean, I'll either let them down or I'll exhaust myself doing the work myself and so there are a bunch of different opportunities like that that came up um that we're still on like you told me before we started that you had a new mic you bought that yourself right no my assistant bought it for me oh your assistant okay that's actually a good distinction one of the things that i've said for a while now is i want to buy a mic for every guest if you want that mic that's the exact mic we were looking at I want to just buy it for the guests. It's not that expensive. What is it going to be? 60 to 70 bucks. I priced it on Amazon. Yep. And people will appreciate it and the audience will appreciate it. And still, it's like a, a process that will take us a year to implement because it's all on me to follow up. And someone on the team had a good idea. She said, I'm the pre-interviewer. I'll check with every guest and say at the end of the pre-interview, can I buy you a mic? I said, that's a good idea. But there's no feedback loop for me to come back and say, hey, you know what? It's been a month and no one's on because with a, with a mic that we bought them because it takes a while after the pre-interview for them to schedule and appear uh, with me. And we, I think we should do it faster. We should adjust it. So there are lots of, lots of things like that, opportunities like that that we miss. Um, I'd also like to up the level of guests that we have. Um, it bothers me that I was one of the first interview, the first maybe in the startup world, that so many entrepreneurs in San Francisco who have now like – They've sold their companies. They've made it. They've become recognized uh, successes here. They grew up listening to me. I mean, grew up as entrepreneurs listening to me. Uh, yeah. They'll talk about it. And then I think, but you're not listening to me now, right? And they're listening to Kara Swisher, for example. And it's because we're not leveling up the, the guests. It's more of whoever comes to us now. And that's us being lazy. And if we put a little bit of effort into it, we could do the basic thing, which is go into Amazon, see what books are about to be published about or by entrepreneurs. And we know that those people are going to hit the road, try to get publicity. They'll be dying for it. We should just message them as soon as they hit that coming soon section and ask them to be on. I know You're- that Tim Ferriss, if I emailed him and said, when he has Tim Tony Robbins on, can you introduce me to Tony also so that I could get Tony? I know he'd do it. I think I can't speak for him. Who knows? But I know that people like him would do it and still I don't have the bandwidth to follow up. And so not getting great guests because I can't do it all myself. We don't have good systems in place for it. Can't follow up on ideas with from good writers like this guy who can take our stuff and put on Quora and other places. Can't follow up with guests. This is a huge, uh, a huge set of issues. And this is what I'd love one person to come in and do. And to not just do it by winging it, but to do it – sorry to go on a rant here. But to do it my mm-hmm. way, the way that works for me. The way that works for me is my, – my way, I don't mean like I want to give you step-by-step step how to do it. I mean that systemize it. I don't want someone who could say, hey, I got Tony Robbins. Do you, don't you love me? Well, great for you, you got Tony Robbins. How are we going to get the next person who we want on here? 
I want you to create a process, not just do it because you, you did it. I want yeah. you to make the organization great by creating a process for the organization, not to keep making you great so we keep patting you on the back for doing it. I want to pat your process on the back on a regular basis and go, look at this. I would never have thought to do it this way. How many, how many full-time employees do you have right now? Um, full-time employees, I would say three. And then kind of contracts doing uh, stuff? Maybe another seven or so. And then, and you're profitable right now? We are. Yeah. Like very profitable? I wouldn't say very. What I did last year was I started something called Bot Academy. I got excited about chatbots as a way of reaching people. And so I started investing a lot of my time, a lot of my money in that. And that's partially what um, distracted me from Mixergy. And Mixergy has been so well systemized that it works on its own. Um, and that also made us a little bit lazy. So when I say I'd like to hire a second in command, it would be for Mixergy. The yep. Bot Academy thing has got more of the team, more of the infrastructure. It's it's doing well as a new thing. Mixergy was doing well, and so it's just kind of stagnating. And got I can't. It. So there's a few different missing, or a few different components to your business now. And you've got an assistant. Uh, I do, yes. And she's full time. You know what? She's part time, and the only reason she's part time is because she's so freaking efficient that if she operated like a regular person, I would hire her full time, um, and I would need her full time. But she's so. F- efficient and fast that I can't even take up the time that she that she gives me now. Okay, cool. So the, the reason I started with the assistant part is if you don't have an assistant, you are one. And I often get CEOs will talk about wanting to hire a second in command. And the first thing they need to do is hire a really kick-ass executive assistant to get a lot of the stuff off their plate to free them up for their unique ability. Do you still manage your own email? No, she goes into my inbox and she goes through everything. And then um, I will respond to some emails on my own, but basically I am like uh, I'm like a baby with her. She'll do screen share with me, and we'll go through email together. And then if there's an issue that takes me more than two minutes, then she'll she'll follow up on it as I move on to the next email. Right. So she'll she'll, she'll triage a lot of it for you then as well. Yeah. Um, I'll give you another system called Inbox Zero that I use as well that'll help you and her to even get a little bit more of that off your plate. So when, when it comes down to hiring a second in command, the first area that I would actually start is you writing a vivid vision for your company. So it's really you leaning out three years and describing your entire company in its finished state. Um, it's, it's what we covered in chapter one of Double Double and my new book coming out in, on Amazon soon is called Vivid Vision. But it codifies the idea of taking the vision you have in your mind for your company writing out a four or five page description of what your company looks like three years from now so that then you can hand it to your team and to your COO that we're going to help you hire who can then help reverse engineer that. But they need to really see the entire picture of what your company looks like, acts like and feels like three years from now. You know what the customers are saying about you, what your guests are saying about you, what your sponsors and suppliers say about you. They, you have to describe your marketing and your IT and your systems and processes all as if it's completed. And then they can figure out how to reverse engineer that. When you're looking to hire a second in command, it really has to be a true yin and yang relationship for you. So you've got to take a look at the stuff that's on your plate that you love to do, that you get energized from, that you're really, really good at. The stuff that you don't want to give up, you know, the stuff that you do for free, except your kids have to eat. You keep that. And then everything else you're going to delegate. When you come up with a list of all that other stuff, that's going to start to describe what that COO looks and feels like for your company. But it's very different for every company. You know, I interviewed a COO this morning for my podcast, The Chief Behind the Chief. And, and this COO actually runs finance and IT and engineering. And I interviewed another COO recently, Harley Finkelstein from Shopify, 
And Harley doesn't run finance at all. He doesn't run engineering. That's under Tobias. But Harley's very sales and marketing and culture and operations and biz dev. So your COO is going to be the perfect complement to the stuff you love. And he'll be able to take or she'll be able to take the stuff you suck at and the stuff that you don't love. So that's the first area is figuring out what you want to get off your plate. Um, what were your grades like in school? Were you, you were a really good student, I'm guessing? Um, if you hear me banging away, it's because I take notes a lot. I'm trying to hit mute on it. Um, I was a good student in some places and not in others. So anything that had to do with chemistry, science, I didn't uh, do well in. Anything that was math-related or later on business-related in college, I, I just excelled at and loved it. So straight A's or, or solid B's? Uh, in those areas, straight A's. In those, uh, And I would have been disappointed if I had a, a B plus in the areas okay. like um, no, uh, that's all chemistry. I, that's all I need. Sorry? So that's, that I would have been disappointed had I not gotten a straight A is part of, you, uh, part of what makes you really good, but it's also, it's also a bit of your Achilles heel. Why? And I heard it earlier. It's like, I want them to do it my way. No, what I really mean is I want them to have systems you're looking an awful lot for perfection. So as an example, if you could just get your executive assistant to get all of your guests a microphone, she knows the, the, the part, she sends it out, it goes off Amazon, they plug it in and 65, 70% of them use it. For me, that's a straight A. But for you, that would be an abysmal failure because you're only going to be satisfied if 100% of your guests use it 100% you know of the what? time. You know what? You're absolutely right. I, I wouldn't, when you first said it, I disagreed with you. And then when you actually put a number to it, I said 65. This is just, it would be awful. I'm buying 100% and 65 are using it. 65 for me would be one of the most kick-ass, I don't know if you can see my university transcript, <laughs> but, uh <-huh. laughs> but um it's bad. It's B, F, C minus, C minus, C, D minus, D minus, and that just continues all yeah, the way to fourth year. I would think of you as an A, like more, more of an A plus student than I am. No, not at all. I was always a C. I was 62% in high school, 62% in college, but I realized that no one was ever going to look at my transcript, so it didn't matter. So I became president of my fraternity. I was on the university ski team. I was doing student government. Um, I was running a business. I had 12 employees when I was in second year university. So I was very active and engaged in everything else. And then school was kind of, yeah, I'll get that. And I think if you can bring a bit of that into your company, you win. I was coaching a CEO the other day. He'll do $6 million in revenue this year out of his dorm room at Cambridge. He's in third year school at Cambridge, made $2 million in profit, and he's, he, he was wanting to quit. I'm like, you can't quit. If you're at Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, and Yale, you stay in school. You finish. But I want you to not go after a 4.0. Be okay with getting a 2.8 for the first time in your life. Call mom and dad and say, look, I'm going to get a 70% average and I'm going to make 3 million in profit in my last year. They'll be happy. And I think for you, it's a bit of the same thing. You, you, if you can move towards momentum, creating momentum and not perfection, creating momentum, you know, no one ever said perfect creates momentum. So just getting microphones out the door to the guests will wow them. It'll impress them. It'll be better sound quality. And if 70% of your podcasts are better, that's better, right? And then You know what? You're right. So that I buy into. But let me ask you this then. If my assistant just starts pinging people willy-nilly and emailing them and saying, hey, can I buy you a, uh, a microphone? To me, that would bother me. What I would want is a clear system where here's, here's when we do it. So it's after the pre-interview and a week before they do the interview. Here's what we say to them. So it's something like Andrew would like to buy you a gift of a microphone so you sound better on Mixergy interviews and, and, and in general. Um, and I would like 
So I've got a system for that. Is that too much? Is that like for me to ask for a system? It doesn't have to be that system, but it needs to be systemized. Am I being too anal there? No, I I actually have a system I'm going to send to you and we can link it in the show notes. It's called the decision filter. And the decision filter is a one pager that has you outline what the project looks like at perfect or at complete. It shows the five success criteria. It shows the ROI. It shows whether you're going to make money or make people happier. It's a great way to hand off a project to somebody because they understand why we're doing it and how it should look in the finished state, almost like a creative brief for a TV ad is going to look. So if you delegate that project, she'll understand it and she's competent enough to pull together, again, something that's good enough. She'll write an email that's good enough. She'll handle it good enough. You'll see a few of them go and then you can take good enough and make it a little more perfect later. And can I can I ask to see that process instead of? You can, but if you just release a little bit from it and surrender to it and let her run with it a little bit, she'll work through it enough that it'll be pretty darn good and it'll allow you to work in your unique ability. Your time would be better at better spent contacting Tim, building a relationship or re-relationship with Tim, you know, building a relationship with Joe and getting the introduction to Tony, right? And, and instead of worrying about a system that let her do it 10 times, she'll tweak it twice during that process and then view it later. But at that point, I feel like they have such ownership of it that they don't want me to come in and say, okay, turn it into a checklist and you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. Now, you can also you can also get all of your team starting to use either Sweet Process or Process Street. And yes. both of those are really good systems to use. Sweet Process. And just insist that she, whatever she does, she puts into one of those two pieces of software. I know the software really well, especially Sweet Process. Yeah, I would use Sweet Process. So just say... Do it any way you want. Just make sure it's a checklist in sweet process. Exactly. Okay. All right. That's So that now, actually is a better way of saying it than show me your system. And and you know what else? Cameron, I don't want to eventually be the person to even go through it. I just want to know that whoever the COO is, he or she knows we need to get better. Not even we need to get better mics. We need better audio. How do we get it? All right. Someone said better mics. Let's test it for two months. And we know that whoever does it needs to have a process put together for it. And Andrew at any time could come in and say, can I see this process to figure out what's going on? Okay. So we're going to go into the COO part, but I want to go back to something you just said, because I don't think you really meant let's test mics for two months. I think what you really meant is let's go with a pretty darn good mic that gives us way better quality than we're getting today. Right. And then, or or see, will mics actually do that? Because it's possible that that the microphone is not our weak point, that we send out so many mics. We, we, at one point, were sending out, I think, uh, iPads to people to record. And it turns out that wasn't the problem. The problem was their internet connection that caused the issue. And by sending them a new uh, iPad, we were exacerbating the problem because then we had to use LTE for connection. So, I mean, test to see if mics are really the solution. And if they work, expand and keep improving it. If they don't, be okay with killing the whole mic program, even if we, we spent money on mics for some people who are just not going to have to use it. So I'm going to go to the systems part in a second. We're going to go back to what I call Bob proofing something, but I'm going to start with the, how do we find a COO who's really focused on systems? I'd like you to do your Colby profile. Have you ever done a personality profile called Colby? I do. And you know what? There's something about the personality profile and I'll, I'll dig it up. I'm pretty sure I did it. It just doesn't stick with me. I think there's like a a voice in my head that goes, this won't work and just ignores the answer. So the only thing that you're ever going to learn from a Colby profile is how you like to start projects. It's how you initiate things. The rest of it, you don't worry about. But I'm guessing that your Colby profile is a very high third number, which is a high quick start. What you're looking for in a COO is someone who is a very high second and first number. 
Their second number should be the highest. Their first number should be second highest. So you want someone who's a high follow through, which is putting systems in place before they start something. Even if that system is a really good checklist, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you'd be happy to see a checklist system before anyone starts on anything you ask them to do. The second thing is, and this will help you, someone who asks enough questions to get the information out of your head so they don't have to come back to you three times while they're doing it, because then they won't drive you crazy. But you don't want someone who asks you so many questions that you're like, God, can't you figure this out on your own? So it's gotta be like a seven fact finder and probably an eight or nine follow through, and then maybe like a four or a five quick start. So someone who's gonna move pretty quickly, but they're actually gonna put a system in place before they move. Does that sound like somebody you're looking for? It does. And you know what else? Um, 10 minutes into the interview, um, I was sweating. I actually found myself feeling uh, not stretch, stressed about it, but it was, it was kind of tough for me to open up about this stuff. And then 15 minutes into it, I felt like, wow, this is such a helpful conversation. Even even just talking it through and understanding this jumble of ideas that's in my head and frustration is helping. Well, right. and let me give you another part that I want everyone who's, who's watching us to, to remember. When you ask someone for help, you're kind of putting your arm out saying, help me, come help me, right? That allows me to come and give you a hug and help you. One of my areas of unique ability is coaching entrepreneurs and COOs. Like I'm really good at it. I really love it. When it's the area of the COO, like you said, I'm one of the best in the world at it. So had you not asked me for help, you're almost robbing me of the ability for me to use my gift. When you said, can I interview you about this? Can I ask for help? I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like this is what I charge people for and I love doing this. I do it for free right now, right? So you're actually making it, making my day because I get to do this. That's really cool. I appreciate you saying it. And still in my head, I think, Oh no, how do I, how do I show appreciation later on? How do I, well, it, it just, then it's, then you're, you're going to help me. Cause I'm going to, I'm starting my podcast. We launch in about two weeks time called the chief behind the chief where all we interview are second in commands. I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> I got no idea. I'm, I'm like, so, so that's why I got my new mic, but I, right, you're going to give know me what? a few I tips. do actually, I love it when people ask me about that stuff. We mentioned Tim Ferriss. When Tim Ferriss started his podcast, he, he reached out to me. And he's the kind of person who gets so curious that he asks to see my processes. He has to see the software. Oh, Tim's, Tim's anal. Tim's, Tim, by the way, I met Tim 10 years ago. He was sitting at my house and he asked me if I knew a guy named Yannick Silver. And I'm like, who's Yannick? I got to show you something. He's really cool. Uh-huh. So I'm like, who's Yannick? I go running back into my office and I go, wait a second. There was an article. This was June 21st, 2008. So I've known Tim almost for 10 years now. This was the article in the Globe and Mail about Yannick and I, I got the photo, but the article was about Yannick Silver running events for CEOs and Cameron Harold running events for CEOs. So that's how I met Yannick, which is how I met Joe Polish, which is how I met everybody that I know in the world today, including yourself, was because Tim was sitting at my house. And he's, he is good at making, at asking these questions. And I feel flattered about doing it and feel, I've heard many people say that they enjoy telling him how they do things because it feels so good. All right, let me take a moment to talk about my first sponsor. Then we'll come back and say, now that we've done this, what's next. All right. So, uh, the first sponsor is a company called, uh, bench. I used to actually Cameron because my, one of my favorite, uh, subjects in, in school was accounting. I used to do the books myself. I used to sit down and think this is the only way to get discipline to be a good business owner, to sit down every Sunday night and do the books so you're prepared for the next week. 
and it got overwhelming and it became a big distraction because I was like looking and hunting down each penny. I can't allow a penny to be off when it comes to doing my books. And so I many times was actually falling behind and wouldn't have enough data about where our expenses were. I many times was falling behind and going for months with bad data as I was trying to get to perfection. And regardless, even when it was right, it was taking up hours of my time. And then I started looking for bookkeepers and my friends would refer people to me and that never sat right with me because if a bookkeeper is busy around um, uh, tax time, I don't want to beg them for time. If a bookkeeper's sick, I don't want to have to say, put aside your illness and take care of me. And then I discovered that there are these companies out there that actually have software that does most of the work, meaning grab data from uh, all of your payment processors, from your bank, your credit card, organize it. They do 99, 90 maybe percent of the work already. And then a human being or a team of human beings can come in and organize even further. And that's when I discovered that is the future. And so if you're out there, guys, and you're listening to me and you're still doing the books yourself or you're not happy with your individual bookkeeper who does it, you owe it to your business to go check out don't have to commit to them forever, but go check out bench.co slash Mixergy because they'll do your books in an automated way. They'll organize it right. Then they'll have a human being. They actually have several human beings so that if one person is out taking care of their kids or sick or whatever, there's someone else to back them up. And they'll make sure that the numbers look right, not just in general, not just to anyone else, but to your specification. And then they give it to you and you have enough knowledge about your business to run it right. It's incredibly inexpensive, less expensive than hiring a good bookkeeper, and I found more dependable and a better overall proposition for running a business. If you want to check them out, go use this special URL where you're going to get a free trial right now, and you're going to get 20% off your first six months. It's bench.co, not .com, bench.co slash Mixergy to get all that, and keep letting me know what you think of that, about them and all my sponsors. My email address is andrew at Mixergy.com. I'm intentionally only doing sponsored messages for companies that I love and highly recommend and would love for you to give me feedback on bench.co slash mixergy. I've got to interrupt this interview. It's Andrew recording this ad for TopTal after the interview is done and Ari on our team is going to edit it into the interview. Um, I'm disappointed that I didn't get a chance to talk about TopTal with Cameron because he said he discovered TopTal as the place to hire phenomenal developers from the interview that I did with him before. And he said after hearing me talk about TopTal, he started paying attention and noticing that other people had said really positive things about TopTal and it was starting to uh, raise his awareness of that company. So I'm going to hope to do the same, not going to hope, I know I'm going to do the same thing with you. If you're listening to me and you're looking to hire your next great developer, I've had phenomenal luck over the years hiring great developers, uh, probably the one place where I've had really good results. If you're looking to hire a great developer, go to toptal.com slash Mixergy. They are a company that's obsessed with this. They, um, well, one of the things that they decided to do was recognize that there are people who are Google level, Facebook level, that, that quality of developer, but they just don't want to live here in San Francisco. They don't want to have the hour long commute or two hour commute that many of my friends have. They want to do excellent work, but live in whatever home city or home country they're from. And so TopTal said, we're going to make it our mission to get all those people into our database. And when a company like Andrews or yours, if you're listening to me, wants to hire a great developer, they talk to someone at TopTal. TopTal will understand our needs, our quirks, the way we work, and then they go to their network and they find a developer that fits with that. If you're looking to hire a great developer, don't just take my word for it. Go to toptal.com slash Mixergy. They're going to schedule a call for you with someone on their team and tell them what you're looking for. They will talk it through with you. They'll help you think it through. And if it's a good fit, they will find someone for you to talk to. 
And then at that point, you could decide, I'm going to work with them and start hiring them. And often you could start within a day or two, or you know what, it's not a good fit and you can move on. But either way, there's nothing to lose. And if you go to this special URL, you're going to get 80 hours of TopTal developer credit when you pay for your first 80 hours. And that URL is top, top is in top of your head, tal is in talent, T-O-P-T-A-L, toptal.com slash Mixergy. All right. Ari, thanks for editing this into the interview. Everyone, let's get back into the conversation. All right. Um, We are... I'm making lists here on my screen. I keep trying to hit mute, but I think at times the keyboard must be banging, making a lot of noise. (laughs) You're you're telling me, be clear about my three-year vision. Make a list of the stuff that I love to do, like having these conversations I love to do. I love to have people over to, to my office for scotch night to dive into their business for hours. I don't get to do that anymore. I love to do all that. The stuff I don't love to do, stay in touch with the team members, make sure that every little detail is taken care of. All right. Um, and you're saying do the Kobe profile and get a sense of who I am to understand what I need, what's going to be the yin to my yang. What yeah. else do I need to do? So when you're starting to then do a job profile, you're going to actually create a job description. I also want you to think, what are the five core projects that this individual needs to get done in their first 12 months that they're with you? And if they got those five things done, you'd have been thrilled at your decision to hire them today. So that's going to create the the foundation for the scorecard that you're going to then use to create a job description and you're going to hire against. When you do the job description here. Yeah. So, so I want something very measurable. So again, when I went in to start 1-800-GOT-JUNK or to grow it, they had 14 employees. When I left six and a half years later, we had 3,100 employees system-wide. So when I came in, they needed someone to write an operations manual for franchisees, build a franchise training program, help build the franchise recruiting program, build out the marketing team. They didn't have anyone in marketing, build out a PR team. They had no one in PR. Um, literally build the whole franchise operations support program. I'd already done that twice. I did that with College Pro Painters and I did that with Gerber Auto Collision and Boyd Auto Body. So I walked in the door to 1-800-GOT-JUNK going, oh, I've done this before, that's cool. When I left six and a half years later, the company was huge. You know, we were in 330 cities, 46 states, four countries. I'm like, oh my God, this is big. Well, they took 12 months to find my replacement and they brought in the former president of Starbucks. So she walks in the door, she'd run all of North American operations for Starbucks and she went, looked around and went, what a cute little company. I've grown companies like this before. So they hired people who were, had already done it before. So for you, what do you need done this next 12 months? I've been thinking about this and it's different from what I initially expected. It's things like um, up the level of guests and I don't know how to measure that. That's fine, so up the level of guests, what's next? Um, Something to do Growing with chat the audience bots. is an easy one, but that's not something they do directly. That's a product of other stuff they do. That's fine. Work with guests to promote their interviews in a more organized way. So I'll have okay. guests at the end of the interview say, I've got to pass this on to other people. We're not good at following up and working with them to do it. Yeah, helping them amplify that. Great. Um, get the the content that's in these interviews out to other places and experiment with that so awesome. the core idea is an easy one but what or it's one idea what else is there and how do we do it right courses booklets easings books. right yeah. what else can got we it. what else should we be doing where else should we put this stuff um and you got to know that when tim just wrote um what was his book about tribes tools of tribes like that's all he did he sat and talked to all these individuals had all of his podcasts all of his interviews and <laughs> You just pull them together. There you go. There's another book, right? I had an idea for a different um, 
different type of episode here, different um, that we'd need to work with an, an editor and producer for. And I found someone last year who could do it, but I couldn't work with him. That's the kind of thing that I would want. We, we need more right. things to sell to sponsors. And I'd like something that's super polished that I could never create when I was getting started. More like an NPR, right? Like a How I Built This kind of podcast that sounds a little bit more professional. Let's say something like that, as in not not in the content, but in the polish that they do right. a lot of editing. Yes, that yeah. there's an yeah. there's an idea that I've had uh, for doing that. So let's okay. say produce or so. So if those were the five things, and maybe another is like to build out and manage your team, right? Mm-hmm. To double the size of your revenue, you're going to create those five or six things and now I want you to look to hire someone who's done as many of them before as possible. Oh, and you know what? Um, uh, Recreate the weekly email. So we've got people on our mailing list and we just don't have a good email to send out to them. So how do I find someone who's both... Here's here's the $50,000 question though. Based on what you need this person to do, what do you think you're paying for a 12 months all in total comp? I don't know. Um, one one hundred, one fifty. I don't know. That's okay. So that's if you're one hundred to one, if you're one hundred to one fifty, yeah, a it's a big range. So let's tighten that up right away. I don't know. I could just come up with a number, but come up with a number. Go ahead. I, I, I'm just. There's uh, a reason for this. Okay, let's just say that I I do ten a month, so one twenty. Okay. But I'm pulling that number out of nowhere. Right. Well, but that's okay though, because for 120,000, you're not hiring a chief operating officer. You're hiring a director of operations or a VP of operations. And here's what's really important to understand. This is for, this is, I, and I did a Facebook live about this the other day, and I'm going to continue to rant about this. 20 years ago to get a C-level title, you had to be a major player at a major company. And about 10 years ago, we started giving away titles as well as equity, as well as compensation to Gen Y who are asking for big titles. And we've had title creep in a big way. So now instead of hiring a director of marketing or a marketing manager or a VP of marketing, we're giving out CMO titles. Instead of hiring a director of sales or a VP of sales or a sales manager, we've got a chief revenue officer. Instead of a controller or a VP of finance, we've got a CFO. Instead of a general manager, director of ops, VP of ops, COO. The problem with giving out a big title, people want a lot more money. And they also think that their role is much more senior than it truly is. So you want a second in command, but not necessarily a COO. And even the COO Alliance is for the second in command. They all have different titles. But here's what's important for you. The job posting for you should be director of operations. It's more commensurate with actually what's on the list of stuff to get done as well, right? They're not dealing with bank financing. They're not running finance for you. They're not doing engineering. It's a very operational role. So probably director of operations, still awesome. 100 to 120,000 a year, perfect fit on the salary and comp level for it. But a true COO, you're usually three to four hundred thousand a year. You know, I was okay. I was three twenty ten years ago. It got junk. Okay. Right. So to, to be in that zone of a real COO, <clears throat> so should I be making this number though out of out of thin air, or should yeah. I be? No, because it's all it's tied in your mind to but what they're I doing. But should I be seeing what other people are chart, what other people are paying for this role, or what? If you look at the tasks, not the title. So yeah, you want to do a you want to do a compensation review against what's being done, not against a title. But if so you how do I do looked, that? How, if I were to say, I, I don't know if I could find someone who does all this, and 
And much of this is is like content creation. So is it more of a content manager? It could well, it could be a content manager. And that's where we're going is instead of saying I need to hire a COO, no. You need to hire someone to get a bunch of stuff done. And here's the stuff that I need to get done that I'm bundling into a role. What do we call that? It might be content manager. It might be director of content. It might be a product manager. It might be a promotions manager. So start with that. You, we may not solve it right now, but that but you're 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 asking the right questions. What do I call it? So here are the next steps. Once you know what you're calling it and you know what the compensation will be, you put the compensation in the job posting itself. Because I want you to turn some people away who go, oh, I want to make 300. Oh, this isn't a $300,000 roll. Delete. You don't want to waste your time talking to people that want three times what you're paying. Am I you hiring also, for what I do now in the next six months or where I'd like them to be? Because you're, you're hiring someone who has done it before and who's going to who's already done the stuff that needs to get done in the next 12 months. See, that's a mindset shift that you that you've instilled in me that took me a while to get from you that you're hiring someone who's done it before. I keep looking to hire people for potential and you keep saying the reason that I hire so well is that I, I hire for experience. Yeah, if you hire for attitude and train for skill, you get 7% growth. But if you hire for attitude and proven skill set, that's where you get the incremental growth. A true A player has done the job before. You'd never find a pro athlete who like is gonna work hard to learn the sport of basketball like they'd hire somebody who's good at basketball or good at one position, right? You to move. Well, it's the same in a company. Hire someone. Would there, who's, who's would done there be it. someone who's done all this? Who's 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 found guests and worked with content creators to pr- promote it and come up with a weekly email? It seems yeah, like that's let me ask niche. you. Trick, let me ask you a leading question. There are lots of people like that. Are they unemployed, looking for a job, or are they working somewhere? I, I wonder if they even exist. I guess I can't picture it. I'm trying to let's, think of the other podcasts out there. Do they do this? Let's say if they exist. We know that they exist in some way. Maybe it's a rate. Maybe they work for radio. Maybe they work for TV. I see. So then, yes, I would say that they're probably working somewhere else if they're doing this. Correct. And you don't really want to hire people that are unemployed anyway. So most often you need a great job posting and you get a copywriter to take your job posting and make it pop off the page. So you take your job posting, get a copywriter to rewrite it so it really sounds awesome. Then you post it on all your social feeds. Maybe you put a recruiting bonus in place. And you may also get a contingency-based recruiting firm to go and try to poach somebody. Because A players are usually working for a really good company and you have to poach them away from that. So this is the kind of role that I would want to hire a recruiting company for. Absolutely. Well, in, in often cases, you want to use a recruiting company because we don't necessarily know where the people are, but they're usually working somewhere and they don't want to leave. So we have to entice them away. Okay. And the other thing that stuck with me that you said was, uh, the, uh, I forget how you said it, but you will, if somebody doesn't know why their people are working for them and what they want out of like what their personal goal is that you will steal them away. And that's what you do. And it was something like I eat that for breakfast. Yeah. So, so I, I always try to find out what are the one or two things that really matter to an employee in their life mm-hmm. and how do I show them that my company can give them that so that now they're going to love working for me. They like the company culture, they love their role and they see how it matters and the, they, they want to work on their executive MBA and have time with their kids. And I structure a role to make that happen. I've got them for five years. How do I clarify this job description a little bit further? And you know what? So that it's 
or actually, is that the next step or is there something else I should be doing? And you know what? I'm no, just going to grab a tissue here for a second. That's exactly right. Yep. So you're actually going to take the job description that you've got, starting with the five core points that they need to get done in their job. And you're going to take the behavioral traits, the way that you want them to act in their role day to day. So you're going to take the behavioral traits of how you want them to act and the stuff they need to get done. And you just kind of build out to it about a two pager. You don't want the job description to be much more than one or two pages. And it has to be written very similar to a landing page that you'd use to attract a client. It's like, you are this, you are this, you are this, you do this, you do this. So the person reading is going, yeah, that's me. And I want the job description to scare away half the people that look at it. Because I don't want to hear from them. I want to know that you're a bit of a hard ass, that you're that you demand perfection, that you're really, you know, you interrupt people like you should even say, I'll interrupt you at times. In fact, I'll interrupt you often. Right. Put a bit of you and your personality in there. So you've heard me swear a couple of times. I don't love swearing, but years ago I was doing a job posting for an executive assistant. I thought, you know what, I'm going to put in the job posting a fairly manic, um, pretty bipolar CEO coach looking for a less manic, less bipolar executive assistant um, who blah, 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 blah. And then it says, and I'm, I'm a little bit fucking scattered and you have to love to be able to fucking handle me like that. And I had people going, I can't believe you swore in a job posting. Delete. I can't, I'd never work for you. Delete. I love that you swore in your job posting. Oh, interesting. I wonder who you are. Right? So, Write it like an ad that pushes some people away and magnetizes people towards you, scare the crap out of them in the role, have the compensation to help you filter, and then make sure that you interview people that you want to hang out with, that you want to do scotch nights with, but they want to work on all the parts of the business that you don't love. They have to also want to make you iconic. The true power COO wants to make the CEO iconic. And this is where Brian and I were almost the two in a box where I could help make Brian shine as the CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK because he was. So I would deliver all the bad news to franchisees. I would deliver the bad news to employees and let him deliver the good. How can you, how can you check for that? I've seen people who will make me iconic, but that doesn't come out right away. It comes out afterwards, well, after they've gotten to know me a little bit. Yes, but it also comes out if you really probe, if you really do reference checks, if you really do what I call torque, which is the thread of reference check, and you really, really, really dig in on the interview process. So if you do your proper job on a group interview, a first interview, and the reference check process, you know everything about the person before they start. If and that will come learning, out that they've tried to make the COO iconic or the other people at their company iconic. Yeah, just ask them, when have you, what, tell me, give an example of something you've done in your past where you really helped someone that you reported to shine. Tell me sometime in your past that you, um, you know, were the bearer of bad news when it could have been your boss delivering it. Or tell me a time when you let your boss deliver the good news when you really wanted to. So you're not asking situational things like what would you do in this situation? That's theory. I want to know when they've done stuff. And then what I'll do is I'll say, look, I know you mentioned Andrew in our first interview that you and Andrew are friends. If I called Andrew and asked Andrew if you were gonna really wanna be in the spotlight or if you were gonna help him be in the spotlight, what would he tell me that you've screwed up in the past? Like, I'm gonna ask the hard questions. Okay, I could see that. And then, boy. You've done, it, you've done it on interviews before with guests where you've probed and made guests a little squirm. Do that in the interview with, these, with candidates too. Okay. You should know everything about them before they start the job, everything. What do you mean? Like what's in everything that I might not, that I might not get? 
I want to know a time that they lied in their career because everyone has where we've embellished or we've stretched. I want to know it. I want them to tell it. I want them to tell me the regret and how they were pained about it and why they did it and why they thought it was okay at the time. I want to know something they failed at and it's not that they're too detail oriented. I want to know when they really screwed something up and it cost the company money. I want to know where they stretched or embellished on their resume. I want them to show me the point. I'll say, look, everybody does. Show me one spot on here where you're kind of exaggerating. Why do we want to know all that? I because mean, I, want to know, I want to know their soul. I want to know who they are. I want to see that. I want to just, I want to be able to then know I can trust them. And if, if a real A player will be like, all right, this, this part here. And they'll be like, okay, cool. Let's talk about it. But a, a B will try to work around it. And they'll be like, you know what? You're full of shit. And I can sense it. And my spider senses are saying something's wrong. All right. That kind of conversation I get excited about. The, right. Well, that's an interview. Yeah. That actually is a job interview. But most people fluff interviews because they've never had any training. Where's a good place to get training for doing the right interview? Find somebody local who's a really strong HR person who can teach you how to do interview skills, how can do probing questions, open and close questions. One of the chapters in my book, I think it's either two or four, talks about interviewing. My book, Double Double, mm -hmm. talks about how to do proper interviews, has good interview questions. Um, but it's a skill. Interviewing is a skill. And we don't get to practice it much because... Well, we do, but we never choose to. We choose to become good at podcasting, not hiring people. We choose to be good at podcasting and not running meetings. Like, Yeah, you know what I end up doing is I end up waiting till there's a crisis and I need to bring someone on. And at that point, I bring in whoever I can just to relieve the pain and then deal with the issue with them either by accepting their, that they're not a good fit or let them go because it's not a good fit. And, and by the way, this isn't just your problem. Like the reason I wrote my book, Meetings Suck, I was tired of people saying meetings suck when they've never had any training on how to show up or participate or go to a meeting. No one's ever had training on how to run meetings. So of course they suck. You don't know how to do them. So it's the same with a lot of our leadership skills is we don't get training, not just at a 10 person company, but 500 person companies don't give their management team training on how to do what we do. We all give training on what we do. We don't give enough training on why we do it, our core values, our core purpose, our BHAG and our vision. And we don't do enough training on situational leadership, conflict management, leadership, interviewing, meetings, problem solving, conflict management. We don't do enough training on the soft skills management. We train people on what we do as a company and that's where we fall flat. I've got, um, I've got about three minutes. I always start, finish everything five minutes early and I got a call at the top of the hour. Okay. Um, what's, where do I put this at? I won't do the top tell ad, uh, live with you. Where do I put all this? Where do I, where do I get people to, how do I, I, I get, I'm going to have to search for a recruiter. Well, I'm imagining got, I put this out to my, to my audience and mailing list. What else? I've vet, I've vetted some great recruiters. If you want an interview, drop me an email or if anybody's listening and wants some recruiters, I've, I've got four fantastic ones. One that only does sales roles. One that only does $400,000 plus roles. And then two, one that really focuses on culture and one that is on a contingency basis and they'll do recruiting for you and they'll only get paid if they find the person. And so, they could do this, the, they, the kind of role that I'm describing here. Exactly. Yep. All right. I'll follow Great up enough. and ask you. What about uh, my audience is a good place to go? I'm yeah, your audience, your social feeds, your email list and just push once you have a really killer job posting that covers what we wanted to cover, has the compensation and has gone through a copywriter, share it with the world and go. I really need this person. It's going to help us scale. Who can help us? Okay. And from what you're seeing, do you think that um, director of operations is the right word or is it more like content creator or something else? I think it's director of operations because you actually want them taking stuff off your plate that is operational as well. 
I do. And so I need to start thinking about, let me add that, uh, what take off my plate. And then plate. I want you to switch your mindset a little bit. And it's not how do I get all this stuff done, but it's who can we delegate it to or who can do this. That's a You're part getting, that I'm not good at. Even when there's somebody around, I, do, I just think, how do I get it done fast instead yeah. of how You're getting stuck in how pies. You, you got to stop getting stuck in how pies and start thinking about who. Okay. All right. Why don't we end it here so that you can head out? Uh, I know you've got another call. If people want to follow up with you, what's a good place for them to go? So the COOalliance.com is where everything on the COO Alliance is. All of my books are on Amazon and Audible. And then CameronHerald.com is all the information and everything else we do. All right. And they'll probably get to see you at a conference or something because you do a lot of uh, speaking engagements. The two sponsors that I have for this interview are the company that will do your books right. It's called Bench.co slash Mixergy. And the company that will help you hire your next great developer. It's called TopTal.com slash Mixergy. Thanks so much for doing this. Hey, you're welcome, Andrew. Reach out anytime, man. I will. Thanks. Send me, send me the job description when it's done, okay? Okay. I appreciate great. that. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye.